Welcome to a very special edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. From time to time, the show will be diverting from its show structure to discuss the most important issue of the day, whether it's an election, an award show, breaking news across the world, or an issue of a local scale. We will be bringing guests onto the show to discuss the issues that is on everyone's mind. So here now is the Cross Border Interview Podcast discussing... The Saskatchewan 2020 election. So, Monday, October 26, 2020, Saskatchewan held its general election. That was scheduled for earlier in 2020, but due to the pandemic, they actually pushed it back until the fall to let things slow down, but also to find a way to potentially have a pandemic election in COVID-19 era. This was the first election in Canada that was actually scheduled to happen in BC and in New Brunswick. Both premiers had minority governments and they went to the polls wanting that majority government. Here in Saskatchewan, they had three-term Saskatchewan party running for their fourth majority government. The first three won by Premier Brad Wall at the time. Two years into his mandate, he did step down and Premier Scott Moe was elected by the Saskatchewan party uh, elect, uh, voters. So we are now in an election, in an election that was supposed to happen in the fall with two new leaders. Saskatchewan NDP leader Ryan Milley and Saskatchewan Party leader Premier Scott Moe. In the last general election in 2017, 2016, I apologize, uh, Premier Bradwell won an election, won re-election, and Saskatchewan NDP leader Cam Broughton lost re-election. He lost his seat and he stepped down as leader a few days shortly after that election. This election was not supposed to be a big surprise. The Saskatchewan party was leading in the polls with over 50% of the vote. To win a majority in Saskatchewan, you need roughly about 40% of the vote to potentially win that coveted majority uh, title. Premier Scott Moe and the Saskatchewan party were doing incredibly well in the polls. People like them, people like the Saskatchewan party, and they have officially become the new ruling party of Saskatchewan. So going into this election, there was not supposed to be many surprises. Ryan Mealy and the Saskatchewan NDP, one of their big priorities was to try to break through in those rural centers, Saskatoon, Regina, Prince Albert, and Moose Jaw. These were four locations that most of the leaders spent the majority of their time with because these are the heavily dense populated areas, so therefore they could potentially pick up more seats there. Scott Moe, all he had to do was cruise to victory because he was relying heavily on all but two rural ridings. The two northern ridings in uh, Saskatchewan have heavily voted NDP. They were not supposed to change. They did not change in this election. And when the votes started to come in about 8.30 last night, Saskatchewan time, it was clear Scott Moe was riding a wave to victory once again making the first government in Canada since Joey Smallwood in Newfoundland to win four consecutive majority governments. It's unheard of. You would hear Bill Davis, he had majorities, he had minorities. Even in uh, PE, no, yeah, 
Bill Davis tried to do it, but he had minority governments as well. Uh, the only other one that I can think of is here in Alberta, where the Peter Lougheed started the run of conservative majority governments of Peter Lougheed, uh, Ralph Klein, Alison Redford, Ed Stelmack. So there is a new traditional governing party in one of the provinces, and that is the Saskatchewan party of Saskatchewan. So we're going to dive deep into the results here because I was actually a reporter in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan for some time. I, I got to meet some of the people in northwestern Saskatchewan. I got to talk to them. I got to talk to some of the, uh, at the time, Saskatchewan NDP candidates, some of the Saskatchewan NDP uh, MLAs, and also the then Saskatchewan party MLAs for the area as well. So we're going to dive deep into it a little bit, and we're going to talk about where the Saskatchewan party did well and where the Saskatchewan NDP did poorly. So we're going to talk right off the bat that these numbers are still fluctuating. At 10.30 last night when we went to bed, uh, the Saskatchewan party had 46 seats, the Saskatchewan NDP party had 15 seats for a total of 61, 41 seats to form that coveted majority. By the time I woke up this morning, uh, things had gone sideways for the Saskatchewan NDP. Uh, we saw four of those 15 seats leave and go to the Saskatchewan party. Yet again, they're not officially elected, but they are now, the Saskatchewan party, are leading in four of those 15 seats. So, which started off as 13 seats for the Saskatchewan NDP have now been reduced to 11. One of those seats that they are not winning in is the leaders, Saskatch Saskatoon Messaween. Leader Ryan Mealy was leading for a while, then he dropped down to challenger Ryland Hunter. Then Ryan was doing extremely well for the NDP, but the last results, and let's be honest, 50 of 51 polls are still reporting. Ryland Hunter of the Saskatchewan Party looks like he is cruising to be victorious of defeating the leader of the Saskatchewan NDP. This will be a huge blow. This will ultimately set up a leadership election for the Saskatchewan NDP. Now, they have relatively new MLAs and relatively veteran MLAs. One in particular is Trent Witherspoon. He ran for the leadership against Ryan Mealy. I've always liked him. I always thought he connected well with voters, but we will see what happens in that riding of Saskatoon Messaween. If Ryan Mealy does go down, you can expect, like Andrew Wilkinson of the uh, BC Liberals, to call a leadership election, BC will step down as leader of the Saskatchewan NDP. This was a this will be a major blow if this holds true. Um, now, as I said, I am a Lloydminster former Lloydminster resident from Saskatchewan and Alberta, so the writings around there of Lloydminster 
uh, cut knife turtle fur and metal lake were three that I wanted to look at because I saw what the last election had happened in 2014. Tim McMillan, the then Lloydminster MLA, stepped down to take the job as president of the Canadian Associations of Petroleum Producers and Colleen Young, the former uh, school board trustee in the area, took up the mantle of the Saskatchewan party and cruised to an easy by-election uh, a by-election a year later they ran in uh, two years later in 2017 2016 I apologize they decided to go to an election because it was scheduled she cruised to another quick re-election now, this election, I was expecting a little bit closer result, but it wasn't. Colleen Young, yet again, I was not expecting her to lose. She did win, uh, beating Colleen Morrell Henning, another school board trustee as well from the area. So, Colleen Young, congratulations. I, I didn't expect anything different from the heavy oil industry town. Industry, oil and gas is a major industry in Lloydminster, so I did not expect anything different from here. I'm not saying that it hasn't gone NDP, but Colleen Young has been a constituent person. She's on the ground there uh, as much as possible in the COVID-19 pandemic, but she was there and she cruised to victory with 83% of the vote to the NDP's 11%. So congratulations yet again, Colleen. Meadow Lake was one of the other areas that I had spoken to the uh, MLA a few times with Jeremy Harrison. Jeremy Harrison, as you might remember, uh, was uh, ran for the Conservative Party of Canada in the uh, Saskatchewan North Riding federally. And if I'm not mistaken, he was a one-term uh, MP. And he cruised to victory, too. A little bit closer, not a little bit closer, but with 72% of the vote in with 72% of the vote that was cast, he did cruise to re-election quite easily as well. So yet again, rural areas were very much uh, for Scott Moe and everything that they were doing, so I was not expecting any big surprises here. One of the writings that I did used to cover, but yet again, uh, Mr. Doak, MLA for Cutnight Turtleford, decided to step down this election. So he took his time and he decided that he was not going to stand for re-election. And in Cutnight Turtleford, yet again, no surprise here, the Saskatchewan party with Ryan Domiter cruised re-election as well, picking up a seat keeping that seat safe for the Saskatchewan party and staged off Matt Felder of the NDP of Saskatchewan. So yet again, congratulations to the newly elected MLA, Ryan. Greatly uh, hope you enjoy your time down in Regina. I, I know that covering politics in the area, I enjoyed it quite successfully. There were certain areas that the leaders tried to stay in. Like I said at the beginning, the leaders did not veer from large uh, urban centers. So they did not veer from Prince Edward, uh, Prince Albert, sorry, Saskatoon, Regina, and Moose Jaw. These are areas that the Saskatchewan NDP saw that they could potentially pick up. They didn't. Right now in Prince, Ed Prince Albert Northcott, which Nicole Rancourt won for the Saskatchewan NDP in the 2016 election, is currently trailing the Saskatchewan party's Alana Ross by 4%, with only one poll 
out. I don't expect you to pick this up. Uh, this is a huge loss for the Saskatchewan NDP. This was one of, if not the only, riding outside of the two major cities in Saskatchewan that they had. So I was, and I am, a little surprised that they were not able to keep this uh, riding for the Saskatchewan NDP. <coughs> but yet again, they still have early voting to count. And also, they still have that one pulled out. But with over 200 votes different between the two candidates, I do not see a path to victory for Nicole and the Saskatchewan NDP in Prince Albert Northcott. This is a blow to the Saskatchewan NDP. Yet again, this is telling that Ryan Mealy's two years as leader of the NDP was not successful. He did not connect with voters from uh, from all parts of uh, Saskatchewan, and he might need to step down and let the party rebrand itself and restart itself on new footing. Because if you go from 13 seats in the legislature to 11 seats, as they're projected right now, this is not a good sign for the Saskatchewan NDP. Yet again, Saskatchewan party, they're doing everything right according to the people of Saskatchewan. So these are two different stories that we're looking at here. There are still a few seats that are still outstanding, so things could change. But right now, the Saskatchewan party are leading or elected in 50 seats. That is a gain of four seats since the election was called. The NDP is leading or elected in 11 seats, which is a reduction of two seats since the election was called. This is a blow. This is a massive blow to the Saskatchewan NDP. I can't stress that enough. They were polling in the 38% range and yet they only took 29% of the vote share. This, this is huge. This has got to be a wake-up call to the Saskatchewan NDP. To go back to the days of Ro Romanoff, right, to the Romanoff years, and to the Douglas years, and to the Calvert years, you need to start changing who you are to attract more voters. And you can't rely on being the uh, the opposing vote because we saw in this election, and this was the vote that I was actually looking at, we saw a little bit of a spike in BC, but I was more particularly worried about what was going to happen in Saskatchewan. The third place party that came in third for votes that did not win any seats, but only field... <coughs> I'm sorry... 27 candidates, the Buffalo Party of Saskatchewan. This is the Wexit movement in its true form. Buffalo Party of Saskatchewan garnered just under 3%. For the first place, uh, first place, first time running an election, this is huge. They got more votes than the PCs. A founding party of Saskatchewan. They got more votes than the Liberals, and they got more votes than the Greens. 
who have been running 60 candidates across Alberta, across Saskatchewan for some time. You do not think the Wexit movement is there? They are there. They're getting organized. Watch out. I will be particularly interested to see if a federal election is called soon, what their vote share is going to be. Because in some of these ridings, the Buffalo Party took enough votes away from the Saskatchewan Party where they were able to squeak, the Saskatchewan NDP were able to squeak out a re-election or take away one of the two seats that they did win from the Saskatchewan Party. Yet again, the Saskatchewan Party picked up two seats from the NDP so far, so it's a wash. But we have a party that is bleeding support from the Saskatchewan party. So if Scott Moe does not uh, talk to these people, does not reach out to the disenfranchised uh, people of the Buffalo party, in four years, who knows what that 3% of the vote could look like. It could be 15%. It could be 10%. It could be 20%. It could be seats. So I would be very cautious if I was Premier Scott Moe to not take this as a the federal party the federal government is destroying Saskatchewan if you listen to their platform if you look at what their candidate said during the election they were talking about how Scott Moe wasn't doing enough for to protect uh, Saskatchewan's interest so watch the Buffalo party of Saskatchewan because I think that is the major story in this election. Yes, Ryan Mealy not doing well, losing a seat potentially, losing two seats. That is a story in itself. But one of the major stories is that Buffalo Party vote. Yet again, only potentially 11,000 people voted for them. But in a province like Saskatchewan, 11,000 people is a lot. That could potentially be one or two seats right there. If you get enough of a coordinated uh, vote or enough of a coordinated election or target demographic, you could potentially take one of those one or two of those urban rural ridings like Cutnight, Turtleford, Lloydminster, and you could potentially swing it. You saw that the Buffalo Party of Saskatchewan was leading some of the like they were in second place in a lot of these ridings that they were running so watch out for that that is something i'm going to be watching out for and i think everyone else should be too now as i said the saskatchewan ndp did not have a good night last night um they were losing seats that they should have won uh regina northeast uh in a by-election earlier in this term vens Pedersen won that election, but a rematch with Gary Gruwell had him being going down in defeat. So Gary Gruwell of the Saskatchewan Party did pick up that seat for the Saskatchewan Party. So congratulations with all but one vote uh, poll outstanding. It looks like the people of Regina Northeast put their trust in the Premier Scott Moe. One writing that I really do want to talk about right now, and it's not because it hasn't been called or I know who the people are. It's there seems to be a lot of interest in Alberta in this writing from the people that I know. Yet again, the people I know are my husband's friends and they are the Alberta NDP. So there was a lot of interest with Regina University. 
This was a Saskatchewan Party uh, cabinet minister, Tina Barlow-Mellor, who was the advanced education minister under Premier Scott Moe. She was running for re-election against uh, Inc. star candidate, I I would say, Alina Young. Alina Young for the Saskatchewan NDP. There is a 4% difference with only one poll outstanding. I don't think she's going to win this, but congratulations to her anyway, because a day before the election, she did give birth to uh, a beautiful daughter. Uh, From what I understand on CBC, she named it Hera, so congratulations, new mom-to-be. She did run in 2016. I expect her to run again in four years. This is going to be a running that if the Saskatchewan NDP ever want to form government again, they need to do better in these ridings. And yet again, there is still 250,000, almost a a quarter of a million votes outstanding. So I will be watching to see where those votes are coming in from. Or if those votes have already cast, been cast or counted, I should say. So these are the these are the stories that made up this election. There is a lot to still unpack here. We have still, like I said, I just want to make sure I have this right here. Eight seats that are still outstanding. Six are currently leading in the Saskatchewan Party's direction. Two are leading in the direction of the uh, Saskatchewan NDP. So, Mariah Mealy could still win re-election. Let's put that on the table. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the party really has to start thinking about what next, what's next. As Jed Bartlett would say, what's next? Because I don't think they can live in the past where losing two seats allows a leader to stay on. So, I'm going to say this Ryan, you need to get out. Like John uh, Andrew Wilkinson from uh, BC, he saw the writing on the wall. You need to get out. It's time to start fresh. Be like Cam Broughton and move away. Start fresh. It's going to need to happen to allow the Saskatchewan NDP to work towards potentially expanding from those 11 seats you have left them with. But yet again, this is being recorded at 2.30 at, on Tuesday, the morning after that election. So these results are still preliminary. So one last area I want to talk about is if Ryan does step down, who are the potential uh, successors? Who would be the ones that are running for the election? There's actually two that have come to the top of my mind. I've met both of them. They're both fantastic people. I've mentioned one of them already, Trent Wertherspoon. Trent is a people person. He will be able to connect with people uh, one-on-one. I think he could potentially give Scott Moe a run for his money, but also Nicole Sauer. She was the interim leader of the party when Cam Broughton stepped down after that 2016 election to when... Uh, Ryan was elected at the 2018 leadership convention. These two people are very strong. I think Nicole has a better chance of winning it. I think she's a strong orator, and I think she would do extremely well connecting with people from 
all backgrounds. So those are the two people that I'm looking for. There's usually one a spoiler candidate who comes out of the woodworks who says, I've never been elected, but I'm going to run anyway. Those are the two that I'm looking at. So Premier Scott Moe, he's got another four years ahead of him. He's going to probably just cruise to the next four years and just expect nothing bad's going to happen. He's going to probably try to get this... Uh, COVID-19 recovery underway. He's said he's going to run deficits until 2024. So expect that, which is very ironic for a governing party, for a conservative governing party to say they're going to run deficits. But in COVID-19, all rules are at the window now. So with that, I want to say thank you for listening. I'm coming down with a bit of a cold here, so I'm going to wrap this up right now. But thank you for listening. We are off this week. Just a reminder, we are back with a special edition on next Wednesday with the United States presidential election. It's going to be probably a longer one than these ones, but please If you haven't, like, subscribe, give us a comment below, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, look forward to that next one. And then our returning shows start back up on November, the first Saturday in November, which is, I should have had a calendar pulled up beforehand, but I didn't. The first Saturday is November 7th. That will be the first show back. And then we will be taking another week off to observe Remembrance Day. And then we're back from then until the fall season finale, which is going to be an amazing show. So we are back on November 7th with Reverend Michael Corrin, former Sun Wing, a Sun News Media uh, correspondent. He had his own show. He's written 14 books. Him and I talk about him seeing the light. He was a very right wing and now he's a reverend. He became, he was ordained in the Anglican church. So just look out for that episode. I was very happy with that episode. Uh, I'm going through a bit of stuff right now. So I needed to chat with someone and he was able to help me see the light. So with that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Have yourself an excellent day. And uh, like I said, I'll see you back on November 3rd with the U S presidential election. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross Border Border Interview Podcast. Once again, thank you. Whoa!